0: Welcome back to the Fifth Wave Podcast. I'm Jeffrey Young, Editor-in-Chief of Fifth Wave. This week marked the 15th year of the Allegro European Coffee Symposium, held in sunny Barcelona. This high-profile event welcomed leaders from across Europe's coffee and hospitality industry for three days of networking, one-on-one meetings, thought leadership, and the annual European Coffee Awards. As part of the conference program, we were delighted to host a series of exclusive interviews filmed in front of an audience with some of the industry's most celebrated business leaders in the first ever fifth wave podcast live. And today we're bringing you the first of those interviews in full. We're speaking with Marta Progreshevska, Managing Director of Gales Bakery. Gales is a highly successful boutique bakery chain with 127 bakeries in the UK, renowned for their people-centric approach to business. In this conversation, Martha shares stories from her incredible career and the secrets behind Gail's successful hiring and people development programs.
1: I'm uh, currently running Gail's Bakery and I take care of quite a sizable chunk of bread holdings as well, uh, under which we have a number of different bread brands and wholesale. Uh, we um Quite, you know, important uh, business in baking in UK. Uh, where I started actually is was at events. When I was in university, I had my own events business uh-huh. and I was organizing events and I grew it quite quickly. So I was working between three biggest cities in Poland, Warsaw, Poznań and Gdańsk, and organizing my little events. And I thought uh, after university, uh, where I studied um, strategy and economy, I really wanted to run a business. Uh, of different size, and and I thought maybe events is not going to be in my future. And in the same time, I decided to move to London and have a child. Uh, to make it all easier in that order yes exactly and to MBA and when I came to London the reality was a little bit different nobody would probably think of giving a a business to run to uh, anybody from Poland with no no roots in the country and no really understanding of the uh, business in the country so I decided to start to start from the beginning and I started on the night shift in Heathrow Terminal 1 Ran, making sandwiches and then making kitchen, um, wow. m- uh, uh, running the kitchen for Pret-a-Manger, that was my first job in the UK, and I was taking care of my son during the day, he was six months old, and when he slept only two hours a day, I had to move on to day shift, and And my career was uh, quite interesting, Ben and I, Ben from Blank um, um, Street, we worked for Few years together, side by side in Pret, and he knows very well how uh, how many opportunities are there for people to grow. I had 17 different job titles yeah. in Pret, 17 different jobs in very different uh, areas of operations, mainly. Um, in 2013, I moved to US. Clive asked me to go there and help the team um, to grow the business uh, in, in the US. I stayed there for three years, had a fantastic time. Um, we've achieved a lot together with the team, and in 2016, when my visa finished, I decided to come back to UK. I do love London. I travel a lot uh, around the world and see many interesting places, but London feels like home, even for a Polish person so uh, really loved it came back and started looking around for opportunities and places where I can put my skills to use I really want to think of myself as change agent I really enjoy transformation and evolution strategies in business and I really love leadership I'm not a baker I couldn't bake bread to save my life probably so the fact that I work for girls and Uh, enjoy that so much, uh, uh, I enjoy the food so much, it's down to our amazing bakers who actually know what they're doing, but I really enjoy leadership and strategy. And I was looking for somewhere where I can put my skills to use, um, and uh, I found girls, I came across uh, Tom, we had a catch-up and... uh, through a couple of hours conversation, he said to me, come and work for me. And I said, okay, as well? I said, I don't know, we'll figure it out. I said, okay, fine, let's figure it out. And over the next couple of days, he called me and he says, how about you going to be a retail director? I said, okay, what am I gonna do? And then obviously we had follow on conversations and I started from running a retail side of the business which is Gals and then took on more group roles uh, across Bread Holdings and got here today. We have now uh, 110 people in our support team at Gales, 200 people in support team in our wholesale, obviously production is structured in a very different way, employing three and a half thousand people serving the market uh, in UK, both retail, wholesale and food service. I have amazing people working with me. Many of you know Jessica very, very well. She's obviously the best coffee expert uh, in our team and probably one of the best in the industry. Uh, And I'm really privileged to work with many people like her, who helped me grow and, you know, develop my career further. But that's more or less in a nutshell how I got here.
0: Great. Well, Gales is clearly um, under your, you know, management uh, really has become one of the most impressive brands in the UK and if not Europe and perhaps on a global stage as well. You do some remarkable things. What do you think was at the heart of the DNA uh, or is at the heart of the DNA of Gales that enables it to be so impressive?
1: Thank you, first and foremost. I really appreciate it. And we both, Jess and I appreciate the love from everybody over the last couple of days. I love that all of you have a favorite product, favorite bakery, favorite barista, favorite person to talk to across our bakeries and even minutes ago I was talking to somebody who lives in Battersea Square and she says this is my bakery and I, I love that and, and we're very proud of this. Tomorrow we're opening 127th bakery. When I joined we had, hun- we had 27 bakeries so it's my, my own personal 100th anniversary at Gale's and I'm really uh, proud of that. It's in Teddington so if any of you are around in West London, pop in for coffee. Yes, please come by. Yeah, I will be there uh, pretty much all day. So you are most welcome to join. And this is exactly what what we do. We have incredible people. We really take care of our places and are very proud of the places that we build. And we have obviously undeniably amazing product, both coffee and food. And this is the DNA. And this is how we make decisions, how we structure our plans, always thinking about
0: people, place and product. Are there any hard decisions you've had to make over the period of the last, you know, through COVID and also just, you know, keeping the business on track
1: yeah many hard decisions as uh, as a leader especially in growth you know we're growing around 30% year on year uh, in terms of our scale so so it's quite a fast growth and we have to measure uh, ourselves and our own expectations and ambitions to what we can do in, uh, in any given moment, and our teams and me uh, and everybody, uh, everybody in the business have to grow accordingly yeah. to, to that. And sometimes we have to step in front of that grow and learn, learn quite a lot. Uh, we've made many mistakes, uh, we've made, uh, you know, and we've made some of the hard decisions, but we've made probably more good decisions when they yeah. are hard. So that's why it propels us forward. Probably the, the hardest decision was uh, during COVID to yeah. stay open or not. And we stayed open. Uh, we thought that we there's a great place for bakery to serve the, the neighborhoods. People needed to eat. They wanted to eat bread and, and drink coffee. And we've been there serving. We've opened 14 more bakeries during COVID as well. And we've had really um, um, interesting time as a team. I can't say good time because it's really very, very, subjective way to, to understand what good or bad was during that time. Many people had very difficult times, but as a team we conquered new territories and we understood how to lead differently through challenging times yeah. like that. It brought us really together and um, it became much easier to face any other uh, difficult decisions in the future. Right now probably the biggest and the most difficult decisions are around you know what to launch, which bakery to open, and who to recruit.
0: That's, okay. That's... Right. So from what we hear, you know, I mean, and what we saw today, um, so in my presentation, people uh, absolutely the critical ingredient, um, probably just as important as, <laughs> as which flour you're going to put into the, uh, into the bread. Um, what is the key to maintaining a, a, a very productive staff while a very happy and loyal team? <laughs>
1: I think the key is authenticity and being very real as people and as leaders and really honestly facing uh, the teams with successes and challenges and and all that. And authenticity is is key to probably success of many businesses or if not all. We have a really structured approach to growing our own talent. We call it Rise With Girls. And under Rise With Girls, we have a program called Needing Your Career. And one of the most important and biggest reasons why people join us is because they see that we grow as a business, and they always see opportunity for them to grow in the team. We invest a lot into our training, we invest a lot into our teams, and that obviously excites people because they want to grow their their careers with us. And this rise with girls um, is so special for for so many many people. Like I had an opportunity to grow through uh, so many different roles in my career. I'm really feeling like it's great to open this. Opportunities for many people, and we do that. And I think that's that's very important. And uh, if people see uh, connect to the purpose and feel that the the business and the team is really authentic, I think they find a place. And and mm-hmm. as all of us, you know, amongst friends or at work, if we feel that we found our our place and we surround ourselves with good people who want to do good. Uh, they stay. And I'm proud to say that we have one of the lowest uh, turnovers in the industry. We are probably like 40 percentage point oh. ahead of average uh, on
0: retention. So yeah. it's really good. So that means you're hiring, right? I mean, or you're yeah. kind of very smart hiring. So um, any any tips out there for how to identify the right people first up yeah. for going, so rather than going through mm. these through
1: mm-hmm. loops of... Do you remember a like, couple of years ago, it was, I think, November, a couple of years ago, we've had all in the industry a really big pinch point on um, bringing people back to hospitality. And um, back then we've doubled down on the team. We doubled the size of our recruitment team um, yeah. and obviously uh, increased the, the, the kind of sheer volume of uh, people that we've been uh, interviewing and the way we've been looking for them. But there was one thing that the team came up with. Uh, it was early birds' campaign. And it was very interesting because we've been we had to look for people who want to bake and want to start very early, and it's very different to restaurants and um, and you know still hospitality industry. Some people do not want to work in the evenings and they want yep. to spend their time with families. They prefer right. to start earlier. Yeah, and with early beds campaign, we've also introduced a lot of flexible uh, working. So we've uh, we recruit. You know, mothers who have to pick up kids, uh, drop kids off to school and pick them up. We look at our rotas, the way we deploy our teams, in the way that they find, they place within, uh, within the bakery. And there's always a way when there, when there is a will. And with this opening up and flexibility about thinking how to adapt to people's needs and making sure that it's very, very clear to people who do we recruit and who do we look for. The early bird. Yeah. <laughs> literally. it's it really it. in, increased massively uh, understanding of what people are recruiting for, uh, what what
0: people are applying for and, and what they uh, what they will be doing at Gales. Oh, that's fascinating. I mean, I, I think in one podcast that we did uh, with Danny Mayers, um, head of hospitality from Union Square Hospitality, and they they talked about the 51%. So is that a person that's hospitality focused? But Amazing to think that that one, even that one question, are you an early bird <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or not?
1: Yeah, it's exactly. Can
0: actually define whether that person can actually yeah. be productive or is going to be the right person from from the start. That yeah. that first filter.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, hospitality is fantastic because it opens doors to anybody. We need good attitude and uh, willingness to, to do what's needed to be done. But then also when people start in hospitality, they get hooked on it and they really enjoy mm. growing their careers and they they do things that they did not think mm. that they would be doing probably uh, mm. in New Year's time. If I look back at my career, I did not think that I'm going to be working in the bakery or... Um, and and. Uh, Having my career in hospitality, yeah. I didn't. I didn't see that 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. What about rewards? Um, how do you reward your your staff?
1: Yeah. To, I mean, there are a number of ways. First and foremost, obviously, we pay well, and we want to pay better than uh, than the uh, the industry. Obviously, we all will be now in in the UK uh, increasing uh, pay from April. We all uh, know that this is a very important decision to be made, and how how do we uh, strategically find a way to pay still better than the industry, even though costs uh, are increasing? And we do that very well. We have good um, benefits uh, yeah. for all our teams, yeah, from yeah. maternity and paternity, grandparents' leaves, and you know, benefiting platforms with all sorts of discounts for our team and so on and so on. Which is very important because every little helps. We have something called premiership, and I know that many colleagues in the industry are doing it. So our managers and uh, operations teams and and uh, all the pretty much all the managerial. Uh, uh, roles are rewarded based on um, either premiership in the bakeries or some sort of bonus scheme um, Mm. in, um, in the other teams and it really motivates people you know I believe that we have to as leaders find the ways that motivate people, and it's not always financial. Um, Everybody is motivated by different things, and it's not for us as leaders to judge what people are motivated by, just provide those opportunities. Some people want to rise with girls. Some people want to be winning top accolades. Some people really want to be recognized for doing an amazing job, yeah. and uh, you know, and all this is okay. And some people just work for money because they need to help somebody back in their country doing dealing with something in their life, and we should not be Deciding how people are motivated, but right. as leaders, providing all those options for people to be motivated
0: by—that seems to me like a very inclusive um, leadership but, model.
1: Yeah, I would hope so. You know, inclus- inclusivity is about respect, and uh, and we all, you know, we we all have our story. We all went through our lives with with different stories and different backgrounds. We we ha- we come from different walks of life, and. The inclusivity is about respecting all that and that's fundamentally it and not judging people for who they are, where they come from, just opening up opportunities for, for all of us. Really.
0: I wonder if you could maybe share a success story of one human being that you're really proud of in your team.
1: Jessica, for yeah. example. You know, when I met Jessica, I came from Pratt and we've done big coffee transformation with Kelly and the team in the US back then. And I came to Gales and I thought, I'm gonna help Jessica make a, you know, transform coffee business at Gales. And little did I know that she gave me run for my money. Like after 10 minutes meeting, I was like, no, I don't know anything about coffee. I don't know anything about speciality coffee. It's like, I need to learn. And Jessica was a coffee uh, trainer and very quickly became coffee manager. And she runs a really big team, 13 people. In, uh, uh, there are 13 people in our coffee team, set up incredible structures. She's a pioneering, uh, pioneering head of coffee and has a great career ahead of herself. And I'm always inspired. I come here as a sidekick to Jessica. She's a decision maker uh, on coffee at girls, and uh, she really lead, she's a thought leader, and I'm really. You know, I could not think of anybody better to, uh, to run coffee. And we all look up to her. Mm. Like the credibility that she has amongst the teams is the same as she has here in mm. that industry. And we um,
0: are all very proud. I'm very proud and inspired, and she knows that. Mm. And what about from within the ranks? Anyone that stands out? I know you've got hundreds. I mean, Jessica has three job titles. I'm thinking in stores.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So for example, our head of operations came from stores. Yeah. uh, From uh, kitchen leader through assistant manager, bakery manager, group manager, ops manager to to, uh, head of operations and runs one of the regions. Um, incredibly uh, successful, very open, you know, challenges his mindset yeah. always. And, and it's probably one of the fastest learning people uh, I've seen in, in my career. Yeah, there are so many stories because Rise With Girls is so embedded at girls that everybody grows. My whole uh, leadership team that I work with for very many years now, it's very stable and everybody grew through ranks. Um, We didn't have leadership team at 27 stores, so I started from building people from Ops ops Manager and, you know, head of people and um, head of property. Now everybody's director level and group director for Bread Holdings as well. Mm -hmm. So there are really so many uh, success stories and we celebrate them very well as well. We we meet every quarter for Girls' Quarterly Awards and twice a year for a party. Mm It's happening next week. If anybody wants to join, we're gonna be in Box Park in Wembley. So I'm um, honestly speaking, you're invited. Um, and we celebrate each other and celebrate everybody's successes. And it's, it's great, you know, Excellent. it propels us
0: forward. Excellent, well with 127 bakeries, what can we expect over the next two to three years from Gale's?
1: Um, Hopefully consistency. Our biggest, one of the biggest challenges in what we do is to try and scale craft and uh, quality at pace. And that's not easy. You know, scaling a business is one thing, but scaling craft and quality is a different thing. And and I hope that we can keep the promise and stay true to what we do and keep our commitment to craft and quality and yet again, double the size of the business over a couple of years and maybe conquer new markets.
0: Fantastic. That sounds like a, a chain of well over 250- Hopefully. Bakeries before we know it. Yeah.
1: We should have around 170 by the end of next year. Yeah.
0: Incredible. Thanks for joining us here today on Thank Fifth you. Wave. And that's all for this week's Fifth Wave podcast. Please subscribe to Fifth Wave wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've enjoyed this show, please recommend us to a friend or colleague. And if you want to stay informed, visit worldcoffeeportal.com to get access to all the latest global coffee news, including the weekly Coffee Dose, our newsletter collecting all the big coffee news stories of the week. Links are in the show notes. This episode was produced in the one and only Serendipity Studios in glorious Camden, North London. It was produced by myself, Jeffrey Young, Hannah Heath, and sound engineering by Chris Bristow. And until next time, stay safe, stay passionate, and stay caffeinated.